friends and welcome back to another episode of Offbeat Grad. My name is Sam. I am frustrated this morning because I just spent like an hour of my life trying to get my old Mac. I bought a new Mac like a crazy person because it's been failing me. So I was like, forget you, sir. And I got a new one and I was like, I'll just use the old one as like an external monitor. No, sir, we will not. Um, it's like been phased out of external monitor hood. Apparently only like certain types of Macs can be used for this and I saw this and I thought it didn't apply to me for some reason and I just like devoted all my time to figuring this out and I got like all these expensive cables and guess what guys it does not work. <laughs> so um, that's cool. So I'll probably be um, getting rid of the old one and then I will just get a regular external monitor like I should have in the first place. I love I love character development. And in the meantime, I've been using two computers like side by side, two keyboards, two mouses. Like it's chaos in here, but I'm still doing it. And you know what? I'm going to keep doing it at least for the rest of this week because it's sort of amazing. I, like I keep typing on the wrong keyboard. That's not great. But it's sort of nice if you like have one thing on one and then like something else on another. Obviously, that's the point of an external monitor. I'm not telling you anything new, but you know what? <laughs> I'm sort of about it. But it's not a good long-term strategy. But it is my long-term strategy for this week. But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. We're talking about onboarding. This was triggered by not only a recent client that I had last month, where I realized that like I don't really have an onboarding strategy and I felt like I needed to make one so that I looked like I knew my stuff. And now I saw it on Reddit this morning someone was asking about their onboarding strategy and I was like, oh yeah, I remember when I did that, like recently. So what even is onboarding? So that's the process of like not only selling yourself to a client but also getting that ball rolling on that project. So the right onboarding sets you up for good communication and success, whereas bad onboarding leads to problems. So you want to look like you know how to like get someone into your business. It doesn't matter if you're writing or making graphics or websites or whatever, but like if you don't know what you're doing, it shows and it's not cute. So I have had this. I've had good onboarding and bad onboarding. So a bad experience I had, I would say, was over a year ago. Um, one of my clients who I still have, and this isn't really anything on the clients, it was just more on me being desperate and unprepared. And um, we had that initial meeting. I didn't really know what to expect. I felt like more like it was an interview for me than it was like a two-way conversation, which is not correct. And I really just like let the scope get out of hand and I didn't do anything to stop it. And I didn't really think critically about my rate or anything. And I just sort of like did whatever and sort of let the client take the lead, which was not the move. And I am still paying for that <laughs> a year later. Um, but anyway, comparing to that, I had a new client actually approach me. I think they found me through my website or LinkedIn or both, I don't know. And they reached out to me last month needing help with WordPress management and some content creation um, for a pretty small project, but they were needing help and I was really excited because um, I don't have a lot of people who just reach me organically. Like most of my long-term clients I've sought out myself, so this was a bit shocking for me. And I wanted to look like I really knew what I was doing. So 
I put some thought into my onboarding and it went amazing. And I could tell that like they were impressed with how, how easily like the process went and I was able to like basically start working on the project that week, get most of it done. And like we were able to just like fly through it. And I don't think that would have been the case if it wasn't for my onboarding process. So let's talk about it. So I recommend you do some planning about your onboarding process before you need it. Cause once you need it, it's like almost too late, you know? And also, I don't think your onboarding process needs to be anything super complicated. In fact, I would recommend the opposite because like the more weird steps people go through, like the more likely they're not going to work with you. And just when people are busy business owners, they don't want to like spend a big, big chunk of their time like working with you, honestly. Like your role as the freelancer is to do it for them. So I find that <laughs> the simpler you can make it, the better. And I've seen so many like of these weird coaches online who are like, you need this 15 step onboarding, blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe in that. I mean, maybe there is a time and a place, but I don't, I don't see it, at least not for the kind of work that I do. So I don't know. Be with that. Do, do what you must. But anyway, a great place to put your onboarding strategy is on your website. If you have a portfolio website or some kind of freelancer website, that's a great way for you to sort of introduce the client to your process so that you both like know the next steps and then everyone knows what's going on and that is always good. So let's talk about my process. This might not be the same as your process, but I think everyone probably will follow something similar to this um, depending on <laughs> how complicated it is. But once again, less complicated is better. So first is the initial consultation. So this could be a 10 to 15 minute phone call. I've had some that are longer, some that are shorter, um, where you basically just chat about like what they need, what your expectations are, what their expectations are, and you just learn if you're a good fit. So to do the initial consultation, like to schedule it, I highly recommend using a tool like Calendly or some kind of calendar scheduling app because it gets so gosh darn confusing to be like, can you talk on Thursday at 3 p.m. or Tuesday at that? 12 a.m. like you don't know like it's just so confusing so having a tool like that where you just send them your schedule link and they can sign up for a time that works for them first of all super professional but the second of all you you eliminate that need for like the back and forth email that nobody wants and that is something we can all celebrate so when you're on that initial consultation i would recommend doing a video call or a phone call um I've been mainly doing phone calls for these, which I hate phone calls, but I don't know. It's, it is what it is. So when you do that, um, this is when you need to ask them certain questions. So I'd recommend preparing some in advance. Remember, this isn't them interviewing you. Like you're also talking to them. I try to just thinking of it as like a business meeting or just like chatting about a project. I don't know. I try not to make it so stressful. So you're going to want to ask questions like I always ask them what their goals are, like what, who is their target audience, like how will this project fit into their goals, what are they expecting of me, and have they worked with a freelancer before? I always ask this one because it can tell you a lot. So if they tell you like, oh yeah, I've worked with freelancers, I've had like a great experience, that is a good sign. It's also okay if they say they've never worked with one before, but that just means you're going to probably need to share with them like some more expectations because they really just might not know. But if they say one of the dreaded red flags that's like, oh, my last freelancer was a piece of poop and she she was the worst and she ruined my business. Like if she's, if she, oh, I'm projecting. If, if they say something like that, 
that might be a cause for alarm. Maybe if that's the only thing they say, you might want to explore that further. Like, what did you not like about them? Or, like, what could they have done better? Just keep in mind these answers, and <laughs> they, they should matter. If you get an answer that makes you feel uncomfortable, or you're left with, like, some kind of stress and anxiety from this meeting, odds are it will not get better the more you work with them. Like, this is the best foot forward. If it's not, if it's not making you feel like this is going to be a good, easy, successful project, it's probably not for you, and that's not on you, that's on them. And anyway, so just prepare some questions, and also feel free to ask them about the budget. So I always ask them, like, what is your budget for this project? Um, I like them to answer so that I know what I can price myself at, but really, really encourage you to avoid naming prices right here, right now on the phone. And I have had this happen to me where they wanted me to name a price on the phone and I did. And I regret it and I will never do it again and I have never done it again. Basically, it is entirely, entirely acceptable to say, um, I will prepare a proposal, I'm gonna like review all of these things we're talking about right now and I will get back to you with a clear proposal with a, a budget or rate set. Um, don't give them a number right here, right now because they're not gonna let go and it's just gonna be a mess. And along these lines, ask them for the full scope of the project. And if they're not sure, like work with them to figure that out. Maybe not right here, right now, but be like, okay, that's something like we can work on in the future. And if they're not entirely clear on a scope, you might want to charge hourly. So these are the questions to ask just so you know what kind of budget to give. And it's okay to ask them their budget. This is also why it could be helpful to put like a price range on your website. So like you're not even getting into a call if they're not in your budget point, cause God, that sucks. If you do a whole call and they're like, I can only afford like 15 cents. And then it's like, why? <laughs> why did we do this? So I think it's, I think that's a good call to make if that's something you're comfortable with. But otherwise, feel free to ask their budget and definitely do not tell them your rate on the phone. That's something you don't want to have to do on the spot. So once you've concluded the onboarding initial consultation, if everything went well and you want to keep moving forward, then it's time to send a proposal with the rates. I've never done a formal proposal, honestly. I do it in an email where I'll just basically bullet point like what we've talked about on the phone. I'm like, okay, great. Sounds like you need me to manage your WordPress, do two blog posts a month at whatever word count and work with your contributors um, from August to December, whatever. And I will do it at a rate of X. Great, that's well and dandy. But if they, if it's more complicated than that, you might want to put together like an actual proposal. If you Google proposal templates, you'll find a million of them. I think PayPal has a proposal feature, which could also be really useful if you already use PayPal. So assuming that they like your proposal and they're like, yes, for sure, let us do this. Um, it's time to send your contract. So I've already done a whole episode on contracts. I already have a free contract template you can use in my blog but you'll want to send your contract next. So I always send it through HelloSign or like a comparable service because first of all, it stores it for you. But second of all, it means they can just easily sign it online and they don't have to do the whole thing where they download it and sign it digitally or print it, God forbid. And uh, it's just easier for everyone. So I recommend using HelloSign. Next, and HelloSign is free. 
Finally, the last thing you're gonna do is send some kind of questionnaire or follow-up email. Either you say like, thanks for signing the contract or you actually give your next step. So I, you might need to do a questionnaire. I don't usually need to because I've sort of covered it at this point, but you might wanna do a questionnaire, especially if it's like a more design or like website-based project. Um, in your questionnaire, you might ask more specific questions like, oh, what are your brand colors? What's your brand styled guide? Whatever, I don't know. Next, you're going to explain your timeline, how you'll communicate with them. This is important if you use Slack or just email or whatever. Your office hours. So once again, <laughs> you got to have some clear communication. So set your office hours right here, right now. Be like, I'm usually in the office Thursday through Friday um, between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m., whatever. So make sure they know when they can expect to hear from you and that you set that groundwork really early and then be like, how long will you take to complete the project? So you could start saying like, right now I'm going to work on phase one, which is this. I expect to have an update for you by the end of the week, whatever. It's good to let them know when you'll be contacting them again so that they don't <laughs> contact you. I hate when I get like follow-up messages from clients who are like, what, what's your progress on this? And it's like 20 minutes later and I'm like, it's been like a minute and a half, calm down. But um, if you can sort of eliminate that if you just from the start are like, hey, um, I'm getting started on this. I will get back to you on Monday and let you know my progress and we'll go from there. Like if you give them that date in their mind, they're gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna bother them because they told me already they're gonna get back to me at so-and-so time and then actually do it, of course. <laughs> don't not do it. Um, and if you expect that you're gonna be late on your project for any reason, like don't panic. I always say that the best thing you can do is just communicate really early. So as soon as you know that there might be some kind of delay, for instance, I've had delays before for hurricanes, natural disasters, um, extreme weather, I've lost power, like things like that. If something pops up, just send an email or whatever your communication method is as early as possible and just be like, hey, um, I have this small um, thing in the way, like I lost power, there's a hurricane, there's a national pandemic, whatever, and be like, here's the new timeline, is that cool, thanks, bye. I've never had anyone be upset with that, especially if it's something that's really out of your control. So just be honest in your communication early and that just like seals the deal on your onboarding process. And there you have it. That is my whole very simplified onboarding strategy. So it just comes down to an initial consultation, send your proposal, contract, and then next steps. And it's that simple and I don't think it needs to be any more complicated than that unless you are doing some kind of really huge project. So in general, I would recommend you stick to something similar to this, uh, maybe add to it or even do less if, if you are working on smaller projects or you just like don't think you need it. It's definitely something that has a learning curve, but that's what's been working for me. And knowing this process before I even start talking to a client just makes me feel so much better because there's no like frazzled running around trying to figure out what to do next because I always know what's coming next and it gets easier every time. So that's my two cents. Um, I think I'm going to add this onboarding process to my website. I don't have it there right now because as I told you, <laughs> it's new. But I think it's something great to have on your website because not only do you look very professional, but also it just shows everyone what's going to happen next. And that's always good. So <laughs> that concludes today's episode. I'm going to go yell into the void about my two monitors now. I hope you all have a productive week. See you soon.